Why isn't life fair? We're going to talk about that today. It's one of those questions that's been around a long, long time, and it's one that people struggle with. And so I'm super glad that you're here because I think this is something that if one time or the other you are going to struggle with this or you're going to know somebody that struggles with this. And so we're going to talk about why life doesn't always seem to be fair. Okay, so that's kind of where we're going to be in Job. Job is an Old Testament book, and then we're going to be in Matthew, and Jesus tells this kind of cool story that doesn't seem fair. But I want to start with a story. This is a guy named UC, let me get his last name right, Salonias, Salonias. And he is um, from Finland, and he is a notorious speed speeder. He has a lead foot. Now, I know nobody in here does that. We're all Christians, and we all obey the speed limit. I know that. And we're going to have confession after church, and if you want to come here. But uh, he is sort of notorious uh, in Finland for speeding. And a few years ago, he got a ticket. Uh, he was going uh, 200 kilometers an hour, which is about 125 on the highway, and they gave him a ticket for that. Well, a, a couple years ago, he was caught going, basically, I'll give you the kilometer stuff, but basically he was going uh, 50 in a 25-mile-an-hour zone. Okay, so... If you were caught going 50 in a 25-mile-hour zone, you would expect a fine for that. I mean, we would all expect a ticket. We would try to talk our way out of it. And if you're, you know, pretty enough, you might get out of a ticket. I don't know. But uh, it seems like I've never been pretty enough, and I always get a ticket. It's how it works. And so this guy got a ticket. But now in Finland, they do it a little differently. It's based on your income, what they charge you for your ticket. And this guy is, he uh, has a, he's a sausage manufacturer, and he's a millionaire. And so for his speeding ticket of 50 miles in a 25-mile-an-hour zone, uh, his, the fine was 170,000 euros, which is about $200,000. <laughs> and that's not fair. <laughs> but it's what happened. And we look at life, and some stuff just doesn't seem fair. I mean, we see people, you know people at work, and you don't, I mean, we're not going to, don't shout any names. John, uh, no. Um, you know people at work, and they are lazy as they can be, and yet they get promoted, and it's like, I don't, ah. And then sometimes you see, I, I mean, I know you've seen this. There's the kind of ugly dudes with really beautiful women. Don't point. Uh, but uh, you know, you know, this happens sometimes. And you're thinking to yourself, well, that doesn't seem right. I mean, there's stuff that doesn't seem right. And, and sometimes you're, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I, you know, I've been driving and I'm kind of maybe over the speed limit a little bit, but somebody's flying by me. And, and have you ever prayed? I don't know if it's just me, but in the love of Jesus, I pray that they get caught. Has anybody ever done that? Oh, Jesus, please let there be a police officer right over that hill because they're going too fast. I mean, I'm sure I'm going 90, but he's a nut. I mean, you know, that's kind of how we think. I mean, that, that's dangerous. I'm going 90, but he's dangerous. And so, um, some, and, and then, now, all right, tell me, tell me, now, tell me, <laughs> have you ever, has, has your heart ever been warned Somebody passes you, and a little later on, they're, they're pulled over. Anybody ever had that experience from Jesus? Anybody else ever have that experience? Every once in a while, it happened. And, and as I drive by, it's like, I have this little smirk, uh, this little smirk on my face. I can't help but look over. I love the sick expression on their faces. Oh, thank you, Lord. Anyway, life isn't always fair. 
And in the Old Testament, many scholars believe this is the oldest book in the Bible, the book of Job talks about a guy who really had it all together. I mean, he had, he had everything together. He was quite a guy. Let, let, look at a couple of verses about this man. There once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. I mean, good grief. Who, who among us could, be said, uh, could it be said about, hey, he's blameless, a man of complete integrity? He feared God, and he stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and, seven daughter, and three daughters. Uh, Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. So not only is he religious for himself, but he is, um, he's diligent about caring for his, the spiritual needs of his kids. For Job said to himself, Perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. And you, if you know the story of Job, in one day, in one day, his sons die and his daughters die and his property is stolen and he contracts some se severe physical ailments. You, any bad day you've ever had, in fact, every bad day you've ever had, if you combined every bad day you've ever had, it wouldn't compare to that one bad day of Job. He, he loses his health, he loses his wealth, more importantly, he loses all but his wife, he loses his kids. Uh, I don't know if you know about this, but the, the, the boat that uh, capsized in, uh, in Missouri, and I, I think it was nine out of 11 of a family died, perished on that boat. I mean, can you imagine that day? And it makes our hearts... I mean, we, we read about Job, well, that was thousands of years ago, but we read about this family in Missouri and our hearts break because that could be us. And Job experiences this life event where he wasn't treated fairly. I mean, it was a bad day. It was a, maybe the worst day ever for anybody. It wasn't fair. And intuitively, we know, we know, we have a notion that life should be fair. So this happens to Job, and later on he says, I looked for good, but evil came instead. I waited for the light, but darkness and Job has these three friends and they come to explain to him what he's done wrong in order to, for this to happen because everybody knows the only reason bad stuff happens to you is that you've done bad stuff. Except that's not what scripture tells us. But people think that. And, and people have a notion that, well, if, you got, if bad things happen to you, you must be bad. And if good things happen to you, you must be good. And this question of fairness has been around forever. And there are ways of dealing with it. Like, okay, so when life doesn't seem fair, maybe there isn't a God. That, that's an answer. I mean, people who don't believe in God often go to, well, life isn't fair. That's their argument. Since life isn't fair, therefore, they come to the conclusion there's not a God. Um, just there's not. Some people will say, well, God is loving, but he's weak. And so Job's wife said to him, curse God and die. It's like he, God can't help you. But we see sometimes God does help people, so that argument doesn't seem to make any sense. And then and some people will say, this is sort of the, the theory of karma, you know, the doctrine of karma is it'll all work out. And karma says, you know, you're going to get yours eventually. 
And it might take, now according to uh, Hindu doctrine, it might take 6.8 million incarnations, but eventually it's going to work out. 6.8 million incarnations. So let me tell you, we're, we're not going to fill in every pothole today of, of the difficulty of understanding why life's not fair. We're just not going to. But we may fill in some of the potholes. So if you have an outline and you want to look and write along with me, that would be great. Let's talk about a couple of things. Number one, life isn't fair because we live in a fallen world. This world isn't perfect. And Jesus said, this is a text you've got to understand. In this world, you will have trouble. You might want to underline it in your Bible. You might want to highlight it because you have to understand God never anywhere promises you that there is going to be a life of no trouble. Some people will come to Christ and they'll think, I'm I'm in Christ now, all my troubles go away. That is not what the scripture tells us. God will help you get through troubles. Um, Paul, uh, maybe the greatest Christian of all time, prayed to be healed. And, And the Holy Spirit said to him, my grace is sufficient I'm not going to heal you of everything. And we're going to see why that is a good thing, actually. All of our troubles don't go away when we follow Jesus. He said, he himself said, in this world you will have trouble. Mostly because this is a fallen world. Now we're going to a place in heaven and... It's beautiful and it's amazing and it, they talk about it in scripture. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth and I heard a, a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will wipe every tear from their eye and there will be no death and no sorrow and no crying and no pain. All these things are gone forever and the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I'm making everything new. And this is what we have to look forward to when we follow Christ. But this isn't this. This is coming, but this isn't the earth, and this isn't the world we live in today. And Larry Crabb explains it wonderfully. He says, we are designed for a better world than this, and until a better world comes along, we will groan for what we do not have. Intuitively, we know it should be fair, and eventually it will be fair, but it's not fair here. Now, Jesus is confronted with the issue of fairness. In fact, I'll set this story up before I read it to you. There's a, we, we came, well, he's come to be known as the rich young ruler. He's a young guy. He evidently has some authority and, and has wealth. And he comes to Jesus and he says, Good teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus kind of probes a little bit. Why do you call me good? Only God is good. That kind of thing is kind of a, a kind of a cool conversation. And then he says, eventually he says, um, keep the commandments. The guy says, well, I've kept the commandments. What else must I do? And the notion is, I have to do something to win God's approval. And many, many religions in the world teach that you have to do something to win God's approval. And so Jesus said, well, all you have to do now is sell all you have and give it to the poor. And the Bible tells us that he walked away sad because he was wealthy. And I suspect that perhaps there's something deeper. I'll just, I'll just propose something to you. Maybe the guy didn't want to sell all he had to give to the poor because that didn't seem fair. 
I mean, what if he had worked for all that? What if he happened to be born into an affluent family and he had inherited all that? And to give it away would be maybe kind of perceived as an insult to his father who had earned all this or his mother who had earned all this. Maybe he didn't want to do it because it didn't seem fair. And so Peter, Peter says to him, what's in it for us? We, we've left everything to follow you. Is there any benefit to us? So Jesus tells this super cool story. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace. Now, back then, the way you hired folks a lot of times, if you wanted a day laborer, you would go to the market, you'd go to the town square, and the guys that were standing around, those are the guys you hired, and this is what he's talking about here. He went to the marketplace and he found, uh, at the third hour, that would be about 9 o'clock, he found um, them doing nothing. And he told them, you also go and work in my vineyard now, we'll pay you whatever is right. Now, the first guys he made an agreement with... You go work for the day, and I'll pay you a day's wage, a denarius. These guys, he said, hey, man, I'll, just pay, I'll pay you what's right. He went out again at the sixth hour, which is about noon, and the ninth hour, which is about three, and did the same thing. And about the eleventh hour, so five o'clock, he still found others standing around, and he asked them, why have you been standing here all day doing nothing? Because no one's hired us, they answered. And he said to them, you also go work in my vineyard. So several opportunities for the landowner to hire workers. And he sends them out in waves. First wave goes out and they work 11 hours or 12 hours. And the next wave goes out and they work, you know, nine hours. And the next wave goes out and they work six hours. And the next wave goes out and they work three hours. And the next wave goes out and they work an hour. And you have to remember, it took a little time to get there. (laughs) Have you ever been around anybody early that want to work, you know? And so they kind of, you know, they take, their, they take their lunch pail and they set it down. They set everything up. I had, I had an employee one time and they called in and they said, um, I'm having vision problems today. And I said, well, what's wrong? And he said, I just can't see myself working today. And so, uh, you know, so uh, you have people like that. You know, you, know, you have people like that. So the evening came and the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired, going on to the first. And the workers who were hired at the 11th hour, these cats who had only worked an hour at the most, came and each received a Daenerys. Now, it's not like this was done in secret. Everybody's gathered around and the, the, the giving of the wage is kind of public, uh, pub, for public consumption. And, and so they get a Daenerys. Now, if you have worked 12 hours that day, what do you assume? What do you assume? I'm going to get 12 denarii. denarii. I'm going to get more. I'm going to at least get some more than one. Right? So that's what they're thinking. The workers who were hired at the 11th hour received a denarius. So when those who came who were hired first, they expected to receive more because you and I would expect to receive more. In fact, this just makes sense. It seems fair. But each one of them also received a denarius. And they were happy about it. They, they just said, good on you, landowner. Not really. Here it goes. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Now, anybody in here not feeling for these guys? 
I mean, good grief. I would grumble against them. I'm, I'm kind of ticked off just reading it. I mean, I, I understand this. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work of the heat of the day. I mean, they are laying it on. We, we have borne the burden of the work of the heat of the day. Come on, man. Come on, man. It's in the Greek. It's not here. Come on, man. But he answered one of them, Friend, I'm not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for Daenerys? Haven't I done exactly what I said I was going to do? I mean, really, if we define fair as doing what you say you're going to do, the landowner was perfectly fair. He was completely fair. Didn't I agree? Didn't you agree to work for a Daenerys? Take your pay. Go home. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? <laughs> That's a pretty fair question. We look at that and we say, no fair. And this, this rich young ruler walked away and he was sad and, and there was a reason. Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, go sell. And I think he probably thought it was unfair. Now, here's the truth. God often challenges us in our comfort. Yeah, it's not fair. And sometimes bad things happen to us, and God will challenge us in our comfort. I love what Francis Chan says about this. He talks about the Holy Spirit. And in Scripture, the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. And he says, why do we need a comforter if we're comfortable? Well, sometimes God, he stirs up the nest. You know, birds, to get rid of the, the baby birds, will sometimes make the nest uncomfortable. So they'll have to get out of the nest. They'll feel compelled to get out of the nest. They'll feel compelled to do something different, to do something new. They'll be challenged to do something they've never done before, to get out of the nest. And I believe God occasionally uses discomfort in our lives to get us to a place where we say, I, want, I need to do something else. I've got to do something else. And when Peter said, we left everything to follow you, what is there for us? And Jesus promises, hey, it's, it's, you're going to get a reward eventually. You know, all these disciples, everybody that was all in for Jesus, Jesus said to them, listen, if you're going to follow me, you have to take up your cross. T taking up your cross means I'm willing to die for you. Jesus doesn't say, come follow me, and every time you're sick, I'm going to heal you. He doesn't say that. Come follow me, and every time you have a financial need, I'm going to fill it, even if it's selfish. He doesn't say that. Every time you have a situation at work, I'm going to fix it. He doesn't say that. Follow me. Take up your cross. I think it was Peter who said, we're excited to not only 
feel the power of the Holy Spirit, but also to suffer as Christ suffered. (laughs) Sometimes we suffer. The truth of the matter is we live in a fallen world, but here's something, another truth we've got to understand. Unfairness for most of us usually favors us. If we were honest, if you're honest, in the most honest moment of your life, you and I are more like the people hired late and paid more than the ones hired early. I mean, come on. We grumble about things. We have first world problems. We grumble about things that people in the third world can't even imagine. I get annoyed when my cable goes out. I mean, I'm watching some important show, like Pawn Stars, you know, something that's vital, that I'm not certain I can survive without. Because the guy brought a Gidget in from 1722 that shoots a bullet out of the nose of a statue. And I mean, who doesn't want to know about that? A statue bullet. I mean, a nose statue bullet. And I, I want to know how that turns out. What's that worth? And you know the guy with the bald head is going to say, well, I've seen seven of those. And you know, it's kind of dinged up. I mean, I'll give you $3 for it. I mean, you, you know how it's going to go. Let me call my friend. Because how many friends do they have? Um, he's an expert in nose bullet shooting. And uh, uh, he's going to come tell us what this thing's worth. Right? And I'm, I mean, I'm on, the, I'm on the edge of my seat. The nose bullet statue. What's that worth? And then it goes, oh my, oh my. Oh Jesus, please bring the cable back. How am I going to live without knowing how much the nose bullet statue is worth? We have this tendency to look at stuff and it's like, eh, this is really, really important. I can't find a parking place. There's a big long line at Starbucks. I'm going to have to wait five minutes to get my latte. There are people, I don't know if you know this, there are people who don't know what a latte is. There are people in the world today who go to bed hungry because they got nothing to eat. There are people tonight who will go to bed in mud huts. There are people who will go to bed tonight in homes that they've built for themselves out of cardboard. There are people who will go to bed tonight in America sleeping under a bridge. How dare we grieve over the cable going out or having to wait five minutes for a latte? If we were honest, it is unfair out there, but it's mostly unfair toward us in America. 
Do you all know who Willie Nelson is? you all know who that is? Have I told you lately that I love you? You know, Willie? I'll tell you what's unfair. That guy got a music contract. I don't know how that ever happened. How did that happen? I mean, have you heard him? I mean, good grief. I literally have stubbed my toe and, and whelped better than Willie Nelson sings. I, I really have. I have. Now, here's the deal with that. If by chance one of you is a movie producer today, uh, not a movie, a, a music producer, and if on the way out today I stub my toe and I yelp better than Willie Nelson sings, and you come up to me after and you say, dude, I've never heard anything like that. I'd like to sign you to a contract. You know what I'm not going to say? I'm not going to say, mm, I don't like Willie Nelson music, so I'm not going to take your contract. I'm not going to say, you know, that really, I just, I, I don't know how to do that anymore. You know what I'm going to say? Where do I sign and how much do I get paid? Because fairness, when it comes, really, when we talk about fairness, what we're saying is, I want my fair share whether anybody else gets theirs or not. That's what we're actually saying. Do you realize there are people, women, there are women in countries today who have no rights. They have no rights. They, they, they are the property of their husbands. Barbara Walters, if you remember her, went to Kuwait before the Gulf War, and she noticed that the women would walk at least 10 feet behind their husbands. And then after the Gulf War, she went back, and the women walked about 10 feet in front of their husbands. And she was marveling at this. And she ran up to one of the women and said, This is marvelous. How have, why has there been such a change? And the woman, now get, the woman said, Now there are landmines. The Bible says, The plans of the Lord stand firm forever. God plays the long game. The plans of the Lord stand firm forever. It's not fair now. Most of the time, it's not fair to our advantage. And perhaps it's time for us to maybe take a step back and be thankful for all that we have. I mean, instead of complaining about our jobs, maybe we should thank God for a job. And instead of complaining about having to take our kids to all the sporting events, maybe we need to thank God that our kids are able to play sports, that they're healthy enough. Because, yes, in fact, life isn't fair. And mostly it isn't fair to our advantage. The third thing we've got to understand is that God teaches us in difficult times. When I'm not good at this, so don't take this as like, oh, the pastor's got this together. I'm, I'm really not good at this. I'm trying to get better at this. But when I'm in a moment of, of difficulty, I've got to learn, and I think we all could probably learn this. I have to step out of it and say, what is God wanting to teach me in this moment? I'm not great at it yet. I want, to get, I want to get better. But 
I'm, I'm in a bad moment, and I step back and I say, okay, God, you're teaching. You're, I know you're teaching. I know this is a difficult time, and you're going to teach me through this. So what, what, <laughs> what do you want to teach me, you know? See, Paul, this is a great passage. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. And it's not as if Paul didn't experience some bad stuff. One time, he goes into a city and they take rocks and they stone him and they drug him out of the city because they thought he was dead. Many people believe he had died and then God resuscitated him. He was beaten, he was imprisoned, and yet he says, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. At the gym we say, no pain, no gain. (laughs) I heard. You know, it's not like I go, but I've heard that. When I say in the gym we say, I meant in in the gym people say. You know, it's not me, I don't go. No pain, no gain. First Peter, there's a wonderful joy ahead, even though it is necessary for you to endure many trials for a while. Bad news. <laughs> it's necessary for us to endure many, tr- many trials for a while. These trials are only to test your faith. My boy Paul down here. Paul Isle. Come up here, Paul. The other day we had the opportunity to help somebody move. Come here. Paul, Paul's arms are like ham hocks. Look, look at his arm. Look at this. He, do this. Do this for me. You are... Woo! Man. All right, go sit down. Uh... Those aren't natural. He's a girly man by nature. When you see an arm like that, you know what you know? He's, he's been doing something. He's been working out. When you see an arm like this, you know it hasn't. Uh, you know there's a difference. The way you build muscle is by resistance. Resistance training. These trials are only... To test your faith, to show that it is what? Strong and pure. Because if you only love Jesus when things are going your way, it's immature. It's weak. A weak faith follows a God that always gives them what they want. So, if your faith remains strong after being tried by fiery trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor. Let me translate that. No pain, no gain. Helen Keller, at age 19 months, lost her sight and her hearing. And this is what she had to say. Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through the experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened Ambition inspired and success achieved. 
There was never a person in history that was treated more unfairly than Jesus. Yet, look at what it says. Let us keep looking to Jesus. Our faith comes from Him. He is the one who makes it perfect. He did not give us when He had, uh, He did not give up when He had to suffer shame and die on the cross. He knew of the joy that would be His later. No pain, no gain. We have this tendency to personalize. Every time something goes wrong, we, we take it for, oh, it rained on my birthday. Well, yeah, but maybe somebody needed the rain. Maybe somebody had, uh, is a farmer and needs the rain. You know, I love the way the landowner answered the grumblers. Friend, I'm not being unfair. <laughs> I love that God is so patient for us and to us. And here's one more. We have a responsibility to fight unfairness when we find it. Look at what it says here in James. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Real religion, the kind that passes muster before God the Father, is this. Reach out to the homeless and the loveless in their plight and guard against corruption from a godless world. I want to end with a story. This is a guy named Fiorillo LaGuardia. If you ever heard of LaGuardia Airport in New York City, it was named after this fellow who was the mayor for years and years and years. He was quite a character, from what I understand. I read about him here. Um, he would, if there was a, a fire alarm, he would jump on the fire engine and go with them. Uh, if the police were having a raid on a speakeasy, you know, an illegal bar, he would go with them to, to do some of those things. Um, he would take entire orphanages to baseball games. He was just had this amazing, he was just a character. And in January of 1935, he goes to night court and dismisses the judge and sits as the judge of night court in one of the kind of one of the lowest barrios of New York City, kind of one of the most depressed areas. And a little lady had stolen a loaf of bread. And that was one of the cases he was trying. And she said, my daughter's husband ran out on us. He left my daughter and my two grandkids. My, my daughter's sick. She can't work. My grandkids are starving. And that's why I stole this loaf of bread. And the shop owner made his uh, case. Yes, Mayor, it is a depressed area, and I'm, I feel for her, but this, we have to make an example. And I'm not going to drop the charges because if we let her do this, then everybody will just be stealing bread. And LaGuardia hammered down and he said, you're right. I fined this woman $10 or 10 days in jail. And then he pulled out his wallet and he took a $10 bill and he put it in his hat and he said, I now... Um, Take this punishment away. Uh, it has been paid. <laughs> Listen to how this story goes. He extracted a bill, tossed it into his hat, saying, here's the $10 fine that I now remit. And furthermore, I'm going to fine everyone in this courtroom 50 cents for living in a town where a person has to steal bread so that our grandchildren can eat. Mr. Bailiff, collect the fines and give them to the defendant. And the following day, the New York City newspaper reported that $47.50 was turned over to a bewildered old lady who had stolen a loaf of bread to feed her starving grandkids. 
50 cents of that amount being contributed by the red-faced grocery store owner. And while some 70 petty criminals, people with traffic violations, and New York police officers, each of whom had paid 50 cents, gave the mayor a standing ovation. Grace is receiving what you don't deserve. And most of us, if we were honest, have received far more than we've ever deserved. Life isn't fair. If we were honest, we would say it kind of goes our way most of the time. We live in a fallen world. Often, difficulties help us become the people God wants us to be. I'm going to... I've got two more slides here. This is what I just said. Let's go to this last verse. We don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright, and we'll see it all then. We'll see it as clearly as God sees us, knowing Him directly just as He knows us. We're not home yet. This world has fallen, but we're going to a place where it's not fallen. This is encouraging. It's not fair here, but it will be fair someday, and we're to help fight unfairness while we're here. Father, we pray that your words might penetrate our, our being and our souls. We know that Jesus was treated more unfairly than anybody who ever walked the planet, and yet he endured it for our sake. I pray, Father, that you might help us be people who see the spark of Jesus in every other person, those in need especially. Lord, help us to serve people in need the way that you did and you do. We love you, Lord. We're thankful for what you provided for us. Help us to have a grateful heart. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.